0: How many of you have heard of G.K. Chesterton? Do you all know who that is? How many of you have heard of Father Brown, Netflix fans? Anybody, Father Brown fans? Okie dokie. G.K. Chesterton is made famous by JFK, John F. Kennedy, in his, one of his speeches. He referred to Chesterton. that made him kind of famous. Can you turn me down? <clears throat> and his quote is this, although he didn't say it particularly like this. This is sort of the abridged version of his quote. It goes like this. Before you are allowed to take down a fence, you must have the wisdom of why it was put there in the first place. And so he said this is one of the, ma- the underpinnings of a progressive culture, and that is that before you take down a fence, before you make a change, the only thing that needs to limit you of before you take down that fence is an understanding of why the person who built the fence put it there in the first place. You built, if you build a culture uh, under Chesterton's kind of concept was obviously we want to be progressive, obviously we want to make changes, obviously we want to do what needs to be done in order to move culture, move our lives, all those things ahead, but he says, only, only, I want you to slow down and take a minute under this context. Before you make a change in your life, make sure you know why what is in your life was put there in the first place. Because I think as a culture, we have lost sight of this. We have, we're just kind of randomly going ahead. And most of us don't even realize that this is what's happening. But in every change that's going on in our culture, every concept that is being brought forth, and in our world, these things are enormous. We have major things that are happening every day, every week, every month, every year, that are radically changing our lives. What we've forgotten to do is... We've forgotten to have this rule in place in our lives before we make changes, and so I think as we are looking in the context of our lives right now, for each one of us, we have been in a a sea of changes going on. Now we're looking at a world where, you know, arguably, you know, we got some problems, we got some stuff going on in our own lives. We got some stuff going on in our families, and we just—it's a lot of chaos. And so what we're trying to do now is trying to put the genie back in the bottle, and you really don't know. What are the factors that have been changed in order to create the chaos? Chesterton's admonition to us was just to just take a moment before you make a change and think about why was what it was put there in the first place. And I think in the context of the Bible, in the context of our world, and that is the, you know, a concept of following God and his word. A lot of what's happened in our culture over years has been removing the fences that were put up by thousands and thousands of years of people, wealth, can you fix that, Caleb, please, before I have to come back there. Don't make me slap you my first day back. Want me to do it? As long as you promise to, oh, you are. And so... Fences being put up in our, in, in our lives by thousands and thousands of years of people who are just like us. Yeah. They have been looking for the right answers on how to live a life that is meaningful, that is valuable, that is loving, that is caring, that is generous, that is abundant, that is healthy, that is all of these things. Everybody wants that. You didn't show up in you know, 2018 and go, hey, I got a new idea. I wonder if it's awesome to be healthy. Everybody has had that concept from the very beginning of time. And so what we lose, though, is that our culture, not us in this room, I think we're looking for the right answers to the questions. We're looking to find our way. We're not looking to go and spend another hundred years trying out some concept that may work or may not work. We've seen a hundred years of that. And it seems like what we need to do now is say, okay, I need to position my mind in such a way to consider whether or not there is wisdom True wisdom that is contained in the Word of God, so that I know if I'm going to do a certain thing, that I'm gonna lay my mind to it as it as it is a valuable thing to possess. Like right? what my wife and I just Tina and I just came back from as we took a, a cruise across the Atlantic, which was amazing, seven or eight days when you had no internet, no cellular, and all we could see out the door of our little cabin was water for day after day after day, which was amazing. But what I noticed was is that there is a culture, just to give you an example of that, because uh, you know, one of the cool things that will be remembered about this cruise is that we went to Ireland and went to England and went to France, but we didn't ever get off the boat. We never touched ground on any of those places. We couldn't be bothered. And we kind of looked at ourselves at the end of that and said, you know, I wonder why we didn't get off the boat when all of the other people that are going are so excited they can't wait to dock. And I have been saying something for a year or so now, and I'm saying, you know, I wonder whether singing off the top of every mountain and bathing on the beaches around the world isn't as important as what you'd think it was. Now, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm not saying if you wanna sing off every mountain, go ahead, sing off it. But I challenge the concept that says life is about, when you get to be 60 years old or so, which is around the corner for me, when you get to the 60, your job now is to go see the world. We noticed, every city looks the same. We did get off in England, only because they kicked us off. <laughs> and so we started driving, got a car there, because we had to make our way from there to the, 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 the airport via children's clothing stores for our granddaughter, of course. <laughs> Daughter Zah. now as you find out. Did you yes. know Alex and Danielle are having a girl? Did we talk yes. about that? Yes. So Tuesday, I think. Is it Tuesday? Oh. Do we know what else we're having? Friday. Friday. So by the time we see each other again, some yeah. of you. Anyways, but we had to get to the airport via children's clothing stores before we came home. And we noticed, you know, driving around in England, you had to drive on the the wrong side of the road, of course, which was a little bit challenging. But, you know, going around, you find out, you know, this looks like home. It rains like home. It's cold like home. Everywhere was actually raining and cold like home, by the way. No matter what continent you were on, no matter what city you were in, it was raining and cold. 40 degrees everywhere on the planet that I knew about anyways. Well, we find out everywhere is just like here. The concept of what I'm trying to talk about is, the concept is that you have to go see the world. You don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to, go. But don't go because somebody else told you that it's the amazing thing about life is that you will die having sung off the top of every mountain. If you, it won't matter. You'll be able to have a, a stamp, you know, which we're gonna do in France. I, mean, I may never go back to France because I don't speak my language there. So I thought, at least I'll go off, tell the guy, stamp my passport, turn around and go back on again. You know, I'm related to French people, so it's like something important. At least stamp my passport. Is that what makes life meaningful? Come on now. That I have page after page of stamps on my passport. And I'm not saying don't live for that. If that's what's really cool for you, but between you and the Lord, your job is to sing off the top of every mountain. I'm saying, okay, but let's challenge some of that. Is it really that meaningful? For thousands of years, people couldn't do that. Their world was just the world they grew up in. I I born in Fort Erie, live in Fort Erie, die in Fort Erie. never. You say, wow, that's weird. No, it's not weird. It's the way it's always been. And I'm not saying don't live for those things. I'm giving you as an example. Wow, I wonder how many of us have the idea that the more I travel, the happier I'll be. That's not true. The richer I am, the happier I'll be. It's not true. The more cars, no, no, not true. The more people I have sex with, no, it's not true. No, no. It's not true. There's fences that were put up. And they're valuable fences. And if we can realize that as we are looking after this, I spent a lot of time thinking, you know, no cell phone, no internet, water everywhere you think a lot and you start thinking oh, my life is really consumed with the Word of God and I love the Word of God I, I lo- I, but it's different it's I'm not going after the Word of God because I'm gonna you know have some prize because I memorize more word than you do you know I know that Psalms comes after Proverbs or the other way around can't remember the that's not what's important it's not what's important we can make these things important and they aren't really important. When God put the Bible together, it's, it's lives that were written down year after year, century after century, millennium after millennium. The Bible was crafted by God. He, you know, takes, how long does it take you to write a book? It's like, God's like that. It took him a long time to write the book and get all of those concepts down. When God was relating to us, He's relating to us in three dimensions about our lives. One of those is our relationship to God. One of them is in our relationship, well, let's say four, to to ourselves. One of them is in relationship to others. And one of them is in relationship to creation. When we're reading the Bible we're reading about one of these three things. We're going to the Bible not because there is some some eternal benefit from knowing the Bible in itself. There is value when God was, was releasing the Bible to us. He was giving us an understanding of if you want to be successful in your relationship to creation, let's say in the area of wealth, then God is going to show us how, what are the rules to using wealth and gaining wealth? Or let's say health. Let's say that's ourselves. My relationship to my own physical body is, is determined, it's, it's, it's motivated by I want to live a healthy, straight, strong, satisfied kind of lifestyle. And But the, the keys to that, the understanding of how to do that, how to live blessed in that area, I'll find those in the word of God. Now, that doesn't mean they're only in the Word of God, and that's a challenge for you, right? A lot of the things, as the Bible says, you know, the, people, the children of this world are wiser than the children of God in certain areas. It should not be that way. Everything is there for us, as we're going to talk about today. But there's sometimes we can look and see that when it comes to health of our physical body, we've been super good in this part of our, under, the Bible is all about my relationship to God so we get to heaven one to die. It is about that, but it's not only about that. It's also about my relationship to other people, as Pastor Alex was sharing with us today. There's a, there's a relationship of how do I have a meaningful life as I relate to other people. You know, getting off the boat, as I, as I mentioned, you see a lot of people who are there because they want to be served. I don't like being served. It's not my, not my happy place. But I see a lot of people, thousands of them, as a matter of fact, who are really interested in being served. I didn't see them being very happy people. That's not my observation. I'm happy. They're secretly happy in their room. I don't know. But they didn't seem happy to me. And so you learn that there's, there's, there's wisdom. There's knowledges about things that are going to challenge the, 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 the way our minds think about things. Do you understand? If we let that happen, then we get closer and closer to this, this in, the, 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 the purity of the model that God said our lives should be like. Because although these are the containing all the things that it should be like, the right answers, that means there's a bunch of wrong answers. matter of fact, as soon as I know what the right answer is, I can make up the wrong answer. It's easy for me at that point. But there's a right way of doing everything as we relate to the Bible, not as a religious book. That's what I'm trying to get at. The Bible was never written to be the thing Christians carry to the church on Sundays. Or even something that Christians are known because they can memorize it. Because typically if you memorize it, you're just using it to judge other people, never using it to judge yourself. So because of that, little sound bite there for y'all. That was, but that was never God's purpose. Do You see that? Instead, we have to change the way we think about the Bible. Because historically, you can see two groups of people, people that have, had, that have been reading the Bible and they come down one way It actually does not produce life. So no life. Another way, it produces life. Same Bible. It's a relationship to this Bible that is about the way our mind understands it. When our minds understand what is the Bible, what is God's relationship to human beings? Does Jesus get unhappy when I make a mistake? Does God get mad at me when I do something wrong? These are all concepts that you might have grown up with. That's not true concepts, but they're concepts that we grow up with. They can get straightened out by a proper understanding and relationship to the Bible. When we do that, now that we're here, we've gone through 10 years now. As many of you know, we just celebrated, not 10 years of ministry, but 10 years in this building. But we have this learning about how to believe the Bible. And we're at the place now where we're each looking at it saying, okay, now that I know how to believe something, which we're kind of covering, recovering again because some of you may not have been here or didn't get the tapes or whatever. But we, now that we understand how to believe something, which is the key, the next step is, okay, now that we know how what do we believe? You notice when I drew those, those, those circles that every circle actually interacts with other circles that if I can fix my relationship to God, it also has the effect of fixing my relationship with myself. That's this box right here. As I relate to others, if I learn a little bit about that, then I also learn that creation is gonna be affected by how well I relate to other people. But then also creation, and, or oh, excuse me, to myself, then with other people, and then others with God. And then there is this, you'll notice that I've created this magic little circle here, which I'm gonna actually color in blue, same pen, notice that I took it off the other side. It's kind of a magical thing that we've developed in our world. That section right there. This section here is an understanding of the blessing. The blessing of God affects everything, everywhere in your life. When we go back to the, the, God's interaction with us in the Bible is sort of categorized, maybe loosely categorized, God, ourselves, creation, and others then all of those defined down into this one little thing right here, which is the blessing, an understanding of the blessing, then that's gonna have the, 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 the most dramatic effect on everything in our lives in the quickest way. Now, there may be stuff out here that you'll learn about dealing with yourself that's gonna, gonna be sort of a fringe, it's cool, I love that stuff too not going to get as much of an effect on our lives as it will be to kind of grasp this thing God is bringing to us right now, which is called the blessing. Understanding the blessing, but first understanding not just so that I can treat it like this and get no life from it. That's how I did it at first. I think, okay, if I can memorize the scripture, that's going to be awesome. Say the scripture lots of times and it's going to be blessed in my life. That's two very important points, but it's not the whole package. And so I didn't get life from it. The key of it now is to look at, as I understand this particular thing of the blessing and what that is in my life, I want it to be that out of it, I'll circle it in blue to create effect, that it will create life. Life more meaningful. Life more productive. Life more uh, uh, impactful to the world that is around us. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for the craving of our own heart. The reason you're sitting in the chair today, the reason you're listening to me is because I say, I I just want my life to be awesome. That could be very prideful, that could be very arrogant, of course, but that doesn't deny the fact that inside of each one of us there is this desire to live meaningful lives. Even Olivia, my, my first granddaughter, Wants to live a meaningful life. She's, and she communicates that very boldly at some times about how she desires it to be a certain way and not this the way that it presently is. And she moves herself towards it. That is the same thing. It's on the inside of her. Right. Just desiring that her life would, would, would be meaningful and that it would be awesome. Every human being has that desire. And so what we're going to do is we're going to spend some time this morning, hopefully not a whole lot of time because you haven't been on vacation. I have. I'm feeling like going until 6 o'clock or something like that. And so when if you turn with me over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. Now, this is when God, in the scripture, God begins to, to focus on the blessing that we refer to as the blessing of Abraham. Now, it's very important to know that when God originally released the blessing, I'll write... Can I go down here? Can you see down here? Yes, you can. It starts off with this fella Adam. Anybody ever hear that guy? Right, Genesis 1:26. God blessed Adam, fruitful, multiply, subdue, take dominion. Remember that part? So he says those words, but there's not much else that God tells him about that. And then it, we go along a little bit. Things go out of control, and then we go. We have this guy Noah, and then in Genesis, help me, Jesus, chapter nine. God, uh, uh, Noah gets off the boat, remember the boat, and God blesses Noah, and he adds a little bit of understanding, if you want to go read it there, we'll, go, we'll get that to that in time, but the, the focus is going to be that God is still doing the same thing, God wiped out the humankind except for Noah and his family, Noah and his family get off the boat, start the journey all over again, what does God do, God blesses them again, God still has the same agenda, I don't know if you know, but he doesn't change. He doesn't go and have a different idea, he doesn't get a different plan, he just keeps working his same plan. Much like you do, if you imagine your life, if you have a plan starting on Monday, usually by Friday you still have the plan. You haven't given up on it yet, that's like God, because God lives for a, a gazillion years. Our entire season of humanity is about a week or so for him, so he's not changing his mind, there's no need to, right, he hasn't been at it that long. We think it's a long time because of humans, but he didn't think it's a long time at all. And so he's still working the same plan. And when you're talking to Noah, you have a little bit more detail. It kind of goes into it, adds a few things, you know, about some of the things that maybe would come against Noah or some of the challenges, whatever. Adds a little bit of understanding to it. But then we go along for a while and we hear this guy Abraham now. And Abraham is the first guy that decides he's actually gonna listen to God. There's a concept. Uh, And listening to him in a very particular way. And that's what, and then God, through that, uh, is able to do amazing things in Abraham's life. That's right. Now, very important here. When we read the account of Abraham, which is now we will see it in Deuteronomy chapter 28, Deuteronomy was not being written by some guy hanging out with Abraham telling you all about what he's doing in his life. The book of Deuteronomy was written by Moses on the top of Mount Sinai. That, at, at, at the, the timing of that is W- much further ahead than Abraham. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, uh, 400 years in Egypt, Moses, uh, Sinai, uh, 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 escaped from, Israel, uh, from Egypt uh, in the wilderness, go in the wilderness, up Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai writes the book. Okay, long time from Abraham's life. Moses now is getting revelation from God about an, uh, Abraham's life, which he didn't, didn't know Abraham. He's just writing about Abraham and writing as God is now revealing to him what was going on, what, did, what is it about Abraham that made him so awesome, that made him able to do something that was impossible. Remember now, Abraham curved the very nature of life here on this planet. He took hold of something that was Categorically impossible to do. Him and Sarah had been trying to have a child all their life. In the season that boys and girls make babies, they couldn't make one. Then God comes away down the road. Now at 75, he starts talking about having babies. Not until they're 99 years old do they decide, okay, let's have a go at having a baby. And they get one at a hundred. That's bending the very fabric of the world that we live in. The reason that we have celebrated Abraham ever since then was because he was the guy that found out how to use his relationship with God, not use it in a manipulative way, but how to possess something that is said about him by God, which is presently untrue, unfactual, and bend the very nature of this world using the word of God this guy is a serious human being and then what happened is God then through Noah begins to outline for us as you see in Deuteronomy chapter 28 how did Abraham do that and we see there, so it says, this is what happens. We grab your Bible, iPhone, iPad. Maybe you have this memorized already. And God says this through Moses about Abraham. And it says, if you will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord in order to observe and to do all the commandments that God has outlaid in his word, that you will be set upon high above all nations. And he goes on to begin to say, and and the the next verse, cool, very cool, that because of doing that, what will happen is the blessing of God is going to come upon you, and it is going to overtake you. Does that sound great? Man, I am looking to be the head, not the tail. I'm looking to be master, not slave. I'm not going to be healthy, not sick. I'm looking to be wealthy, not poor. I'm looking to live long and strong and straight and satisfied. I'm looking to hang out with my great, great, excuse me, great grandchildren, because this one is fun. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to bend the very fabric of the nature of this world. Did you know that 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 statistically? I'm 57, statistically men live to be 72 years old. That gives me 14 years to go. Are you stinking kidding me? I'm looking, hello, I'm looking to bend the very fabric of this world. So I hang, my dad turned 90 a couple days ago, so I'm hanging out with my dad, physical dad, natural dad. I'm hanging out with Tommy Reed because he's 85 and can still outrun me, but I'm working on it. (laughs) Why am I doing that? I'm doing that because I want to bend the fabric of the world that I'm living. I don't want to live by those rules. I want to live by those ideas. Do I look like I'm getting ready to check out? You see, you got to do that with the Word of God. That's how Abraham did it. That's how you should do it. Can I tell you? I'm just, oh, Lord, don't let me say this. I'm on camera, I'm live, and there's people that don't like me. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> if a Muslim or a Hindu or an atheist or an agnostic or a whatever the heck you want to call it uses God's principles to bending the fabric of this world, they will get the fabric bent. Yes, sir. <coughs> Soundbite. If you read the first three chapters of Romans, it's saying the circumcised don't get the benefit of it, but the circumcised will get the benefit of it. Excuse me. Did I say that right? Circumcised don't get it. Uncircumcised do get it. Sorry, no, I didn't write the Bible. I'm just telling you what it says. Yep. Before Christianity became a religion, God had never intended it to be a religion, although he's fine. If it works, keep the, keep the rain off your head. You know, do it. But don't lose the original intent. The original intent was for us to understand that these things aren't just available to the religious. Right. They're, they're, they're instructions to living the life uh, that God meant you to have and then designed you to have it. So the only place you're going to be, or the place you're going to be the most magnificently happy in your life is to do the thing you were created to do, which was to live the life you were created to have. Which is only available, or it's, it's, it's available in magnitude based on how much of all of this I can actually live. And so when God brought it now, he said through Abraham, this is what Abraham did, historical fact. What Abraham did was he hearkened diligently unto the voice of the Lord so that he could observe it and do it. When we come to the word of God, as I'm trying to describe to you all in this mess, is when you come to the word of God, What's the mentality towards it? When I come towards it, I need to read the Bible because I have to preach on Sunday. Uh, Bad idea. I have to preach on Sunday, but don't go to the Word of God because you have to preach it or memorize it or get stars beside your name that you can remember all the Proverbs. You come to the Word of God like Abraham did. He hearkened diligently to the voice of the Lord with the already existing condition that he was doing so in order to observe it. Yes. And he was doing it with the intention of observing it in order that he could do it. These were preconceived. His, his mind was already decided. I'm coming to the word of God because I have an impossible situation that I need to have fixed. I don't have a kid. I want a kid in his situation. I don't know what yours is. Like Pastor Jean said, Everybody who's in here has believed for something. Well, you ought to be. If not, I'll give you my list and you can work on it with me. <laughs> We're all believing for something. Life, we already know. This is. I, I know I'm supposed to be living a little bit higher on the, on the blessing level than I am right now. And when you get there, you'll see something that you have higher than that. Don't worry, it's always going to be that way. We're all looking for it, hearkening diligently with the already existing. So before I hearken diligently, I need to have the mindset that I'm gonna to try to observe it. And before I observe it, I need to have the mindset that I'm going to do it. You know, we have Emily. Do you have an Emily in your life? I have a physical Emily, but I'm not talking about that Emily. I'm talking about the Emily that is in my cell phone. We GPS seems like a very impersonal name. So, so we refer, no, yes, yeah, series new. Back in the day, we had actually, yes, Tom-Tom. How many, how many old enough to remember? Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> we, I, we didn't refer to her. As she, Tom-Tom would seem like she would speak in a male voice, but she, she didn't. <laughs> she, she spoke uh, uh, female. Uh, excuse me, in a female voice. Female is also a language, but in this situation, <laughs> I'm referring to the sound of her voice. How many men in the room would say, yes, I finally understand. It's a language that's... I'm digressing for a moment. All of you who are single, remember, life is so much more fun. No, no, it is, no, 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 it's much more fun when you get married. Because you have somebody that lives with you that you can serve. You have to look for somebody, you have to come here if you're single you have to come all the way here to serve somebody when you're married you already have somebody waking up with you that you can serve. What was I talking about? Emily! (laughs) So Emily is my name for this artificial intelligence we refer to as a GPS. When I turn on the GPS, I, I never turn on the GPS except when I have the intention of doing what Emily tells me to do. I don't ever turn it on, say, I think I'm going to put Emily on right now so that her annoying little voice can talk to me, and I'm not going to do anything that she tells me to do. I never do that. I never do that. When I'm in, you know, we get off the boat in, help me Lord Jesus, in Southampton, which is somewhere, I don't even know to this day where that is, but it's where the the boat docked. And then somebody else knew where that was, and that was important, but I didn't know. We get off the boat, we pick up a, 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 a car there, Manual is co- so cool manual I'm drive excited. and on the wrong side of the road you think this is serious ability here, okay? Amazing. What am I talking about so then I turn on the Jeep because I have no idea how to get to the airport from where I am The old days used to get maps and triptychs and all that kind of stuff. You don't do that anymore You just get on a plane in Buffalo and the rest of it. I don't know I don't know where we were what we were doing. I have no idea somebody else knew and that was good by me and then you get off, and Emily uh, came with me in my cell phone now. She lives in my cell phone. And so she begins to talk to me. And it's very important that I have this right attitude. Because I can pull out Emily, and Emily can talk to me, and I can do absolutely nothing that she says. The problem being that I would not be here right now I'd still be driving around the countryside of England somewhere with (laughs) no clue whatsoever where the plane is that's going to take me home to my wonderful family here at Light City Church. The only reason, this is what's important, and I'm belaboring it, because I don't think we do this right. If we get this right, most of the other things will fix themselves. When I open, think about it for yourself. When I have a problem in my life, think about it. Just take the last problem that you had. Probably sitting in the seat you are, listening to this guy go on and on forever, but take the one before that, let's say, and think about, where was the answer to my question? What did I seek? Who is going to give me the answer? I had a money problem in my life, let's say. Pastor Ian got to go on a cruise and you didn't, probably because, anyways, the, how did you solve that problem? Think about it. 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 I woke up one morning and I realized I didn't have enough money. What was my way of solving that problem? Did I grab my Bible and read it in order to find out how to fix the money problem in my life? Chances are the answer is no. I you know, have a health issue going on in my life. What I need to do is go see a doctor and take a pill. And I, I'm not saying don't see doctors and don't take pills. Nor am I saying don't go to work. What was your first response? See, my first response getting off that boat was grab Emily. Uh, the, 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 the cell phone, not the person. It's definitely starting to become more confusing than I had thought. (laughs) My first response, when I realized I was lost, was to grab the GPS and do exactly, I mean exactly, exactly what she says. You know, know if you do 9 out of 10 things that Emily tells you to do, you're not going to get there still, except for the recalculating part, which is also real fun. (laughs) That's how the word is. How we have to make this decision. So that's what Abraham did. He came to his interaction with God. Now this was, now it wasn't a Bible at that time. So it was his relationship with God, talking to God, which of course we can still do, but we also have the advantage of other people who did that, who wrote stuff down. And we have that too. When we come to that, when I read my Bible, when I'm in prayer, when I'm in church, when I'm fellowshipping with other people who have what I want, all of that, do I have the mindset that says, whatever they tell me to do, I'm, I'm going to do that. Matter of fact, I'm going to have that before I even come and ask them what to do. Because I notice for myself, sometimes I put Emily on, but I think I know where I am. How many of you have had this experience? Guys, probably. Girls, Unlikely where we kind of have the idea that, yeah, I pretty much know where I'm going. I've done this a number of times, (laughs) to my own shame, and wasting time, because I'm pretty sure we're heading south. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure I'm trying to head north. And so I go the way that I think is right, even though Emily's telling me to turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around, turn around. Sure enough, five minutes later, I should have turned around back there. I just, uh, if only, Tina, it's your fault. That's usually how I go, you know. (laughs) But sometimes I go and I'm I already have a preconceived idea like Don, Dr. Donna was talking about. And my preconceived idea makes me not do it. I'm not trying not to do it. I just think I know better. We have a lot of that in our relationship to God. Because we think we that's why we don't listen even to generations who have gone before us. We take fences down all the time right. thinking they must have been dumb to put this fence up. Waste wow. 7 months of their life putting this fence up. Had to be for no reason. Obviously they're stupid. No, that's not how it goes. They learned. It's better to go this way. After generations of seasons and centuries of seasons, it's better to go this way. We've proven that. That's why we're still trying to do it. That's why we became Christians, because somebody who believed in being a Christian told us about being a Christian, and we said, okay. Because it was working. Because life is better like this. Mm. What am I talking about? I ramble a lot when I come on vacation. You should send me on vacation more. When we look at these two words now, what did he do? He said, he, the important thing of what I want you to get to today is the, pre- the, the pre-existing condition of our mind that says, when I come to the word of God, I am paying so much attention because I want to observe it. That word observe is the word shamar in uh, the language. That means to keep, guard, observe, to give heed, to keep, retain, to treasure up in our memory, to watch for, wait for, to observe and celebrate and perform, and then to be on guard, to take heed on a negative sense, to take care and beware. Like it's gonna, the Bible does give us a lot of things and says, you know, don't do that. So we have this mindset that's like, I'm going to observe it, I'm going to capture it as a treasure in my mind. Capture, focus, grab on to. And then to do, to, to, to do it, is, uh, is a word that means to work, to make, to produce, to attend to, to put in order, to appoint or institute, to bring about. So I'm looking to bring something to pass in my life. I'm looking to find out what God is saying because I know that He's got the right answer and I'm going to do it because I know that when I do it, I'm gonna get the right result. It's going to work. That's my intentionality. But this is what I want, I'm I'm gonna close, sort of, with this. We're all talking about the Old Testament here. The Jewish religion was built upon the concept, that I am going to hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord with the intention of observing it so that I can do it." That's what the Israelite nation was built on. You didn't invent that. That's not something new. That's been around since Moses wrote it. The Israelite religion, the Jewish nation then, which was a religious nation, it was built upon Uh, you know, a theocracy, was built upon this singular concept of hearkening diligently so that I observe to do it. But how many of you know that when the Israelites did this, they didn't get the results like what Pastor Tina was talking about before she came up. She didn't get the results, uh, they didn't get the results every time. How many of you have read your Bible to know that sometimes they were overcomers, but sometimes they were overcome. Sometimes they were masters, and sometimes they were slaves. Sometimes they were abundant, and sometimes they were starving. What does that tell you? What it tells you is that there's another arrow right here. When God said this about Abraham, about Adam, he had to add a little bit to get to Noah. When he did Noah, he had to add a little bit to get to Abraham. Did everybody see that? The New Testament is the final piece. It's the mystery. It's the reason that even though thousands of years, 2,500 years, between Abraham and Jesus, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Sometimes they'd overcome, sometimes they'd be overcome. The reason why that happened is what the New Testament refers to as the mystery. Now, the scripture we're about to look at is not going to use the word mystery, but go with me on this. I'll show you how it's connected when I get more time, which probably isn't today. The mystery. How do you get the blessing of Adam, Noah, Abraham operating in your life in a way that you know exactly why it is or isn't working. The mystery of the New Testament is what Adam or I shouldn't say Adam because they didn't use it, he didn't use it very well but Abraham and then people like Joseph and David, those other people that could get the blessing obviously working in their lives maybe they didn't even couldn't articulate how or why it was working but they knew it was working They were just happenstancing into the mystery, as we're about to find out when we come back next time. But if you go to Romans chapter 4, can I have 10 more minutes? Are we all okay if you give me 10 more minutes? I've been like revved, okay? I got all the energy in the world right now because I'm rested. Can I have somebody wipe off that board for me? In Romans chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 17, it says this. This is the pivotal understanding. Ooh, wow, smart. <coughs> That's it right there. Sandy Pizarro, give it up. Okay. Romans four seventeen. Call those things that be not as though they already are single focus this is what god does and so abraham did what god did and called those things which be not as though they already are go to matthew chapter 7 with me for a moment in matthew chapter 7 and verse 5 jesus starts out with one of these words that you know jesus was Everybody thinks Jesus was a super loving guy. Be on the other side of this statement. He says in verse 5, You hypocrites! You hypocrites, or whoopokrates. Whoopokrates is the word in, in the Greek, and it's a word that means to be an interpreter. So if your job was to interpret, uh, if I'm speaking English and, and Danielle came up here and interpreted my words in French so that you could understand them if you speak French, she would be a Hippocrates. She'd be an interpreter. Or she would be an actor. Or she would be a pretender. That means to use other, another person's words as your own. Okay, to call those things that be not as though they already are. So I'm going to say things because Pastor Ian said to say them. Okay, hang on a second. Isn't that what a Hippocrates is doing? And Jesus said, Ixnay on the Hippocrates, a because this is the wrong way to do it. Isn't that what he said? Using other people's words to express yourself is what you call a hypocrite. How then, this is so important, say this is very important, important. I hung in this far far to get this, this. so I really need this. this. When we're hanging in, it was always my problem with this confess it, call those things that be not as though they are. I didn't understand this. I'm being a a hypocrite. I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. I don't feel blessed in any dimension of my life right now, but I'm going to say this, I'm not doing that. To me, You call that being, help me, anybody? Saying things, excuse me, again? It says being a liar. You're being a hypocrite because you're saying stuff, you're using somebody else's words to express yourself. It's wrong, it's not gonna do nothing. The mystery was the Israelite nation, a whole bunch of them were just saying stuff that somebody else told them to say. I'm an overcomer as I'm being overcome. I'm rich as I'm starving. And so, it's, it's just the, this is the great paradox right here, the confession paradox, the mystery. Why do some people say it and get it, and other people say it and don't get it? How can I put confidence in saying it, yes. if I see half of my friends saying it and not getting it, and the other half of my friends saying it and getting it? Can I make it even deeper and more difficult to grab onto? How come I can talk to an un-Christian person, a not-yet-Christian person, And they're saying it and getting it. And then I can talk to a Christian person who's saying it and not getting it. How many of you say, I hate that. It's true. The children of this world. Because it's the mystery. It's the mystery. If you go to, Jesus, Romans... 10, 10. Go there really quickly. It says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. Confess in this scripture is the word homo logale. Two words, homo and logeo. Homo means the same as Logeo means to speak. In this scripture, it's talking about to speak the same as. It's homologeo. It's a very different word than Hippocrates. And it's talking about homologeo. I'm using other people's words, but they have become my words. I have, that's a better way to say it, is I have come into agreement with those words. Yeah. It's like something happened to me before I said them. What happened to me before I said them was I came into agreement with them. Because we can easily, and you look the same as me, I'll say it, I don't believe it, you say it, you do believe it. I say it. I don't agree with it. You say it. You do agree with it. Put those confessions back up there again, can you please? I get it. I don't get it because I say it but didn't agree with it. You get it because you say it because, and you already determined to agree it with it before you said it. If you do simple, as ridiculously simple as this sounds, it is in fact the mystery. The great mystery of all of heaven and earth is in this one concept. Go to the Word of God with the intention that inside that book, go to prayer with the intention that God is going to tell you the answer to your quest, go to your leaders, go to your friends, go to your mentors in such a way that you are listening intently with the intention of observing it, discerning it is what the word is, I discern it. Jesus said when you look at the sky and it's red in the morning, you discern what that means. And so red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in the morning, sailors take warning. I know to get my boat out of the water under one condition. I know to get it into the water and load it up under the other condition because I discerned what the red sky meant. wasn't what it says. Oh, look, there's a red sky. I go to Light City Church. I know that's a red sky. Everybody knows it's a red sky. What does it mean? What does it mean? when I discern, I'm observing it. It's not just zippity-doo, lobity-dah in my head, I'm observing it, I'm discerning the meaning of it. So much so that I can observe to do it. I'm not just kind because I think it's the right idea that Pastor Ian wants me to do. I'm kind because I discern. How does kindness interact my relationship to myself? My relationship to others, my relationship to this, cre- this creation that God has built—I'm being kind because I'm discerning. What does that mean? When that starts to happen, and I grab it on the inside of me, it means something to me. I'm—I'm I'm getting it. And then it's—it's it's, oh, it's getting ready. I'm going to say it soon. What is it? And I'll go back. Oh yeah, there we go. I am blessed. I didn't just say that because Pastor Ian said so because I stuck the words on the wall. Before I say it, I'm coming into agreement with it. What does it mean to be blessed as a human being? What does it mean to be a child of God? Jesus said he was a child of God. They'd stoned, they were going to stone him for that. Put him on the cross for that. Now we get to rise up and say, I'm a child of God. Before you say those words, discern them. What does it mean to be a child of God? What does it mean to be, what's going on in your head? Right before you say those words. You know, Pastor Ian is telling me to say them and I'm gonna look like an idiot if I don't say them. So here it goes, I'm blessed. That's the wrong thing. That's a lot of us, that's how we think. I remember at first, put your hands up in the air. No. Put your hands up in the air. No. Your, huh, if You're going to go to this church. You better put your hands up in the air. Okay. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Wish I could go home. Wish I could go home. Wish I could go home. That's different. I don't know. You look pretty pious to me. Right? Don't I look like I'm worshiping when I'm praising God? I'm the pastor of this place, so I better look like I'm the most spiritual person here. You, you don't know. Right? You judge me if you like, but you don't know. See, it's about the, the mystery. The mystery. The mystery. It's like Father Mark was saying the other day if you're here for his teaching, when you take communion, what are you doing? Quick snack at the end of church. No. No, 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 no. What's going on on the inside? What's going on? Because you're going to get what you say that is in alignment with what you agree with. Oh, how many of you know that beware part comes back in at this point? because a lot of us believe I'm not blessed, I'm not prosperous, and what was the other one? Oh, that was it. And so when I go home, I say I'm blessed and prosperous here, but I don't agree with it. When I get, go home and I get my cell phone in the ba- mail and I yell at my kids for that I get because I'm in agreement with that. See that? This is the whole circumcised, uncircumcised thing. If we just could get to the place right now where we say, I get it, I'm going to come into agreement with the blessing of Abraham, that that blessing came all the way through the Bible. It was God's intention from the very beginning. It was not his intention to get you to come to Light City Church, Or although I'm, I'm glad you're here. It wasn't even God's intention in writing the Bible so that you get to heaven when you die, although that's part of your relationship to God and your life. God's intention for writing the Bible was so that you could live a blessed life, understanding how it relates to God, myself, others, and creation. All of those things are what's in the Bible. And all we have to do is, like Abraham, come, hearken diligently, with the pre-existing determination that I'm gonna observe it, discern it, understand it, understand what it means with the intention of doing it. Simple. Put your hand over your heart and say, I'm ready, Lord. I'm certainly frustrated enough doing it the wrong way. What I wanna do now, I wanna do it the right way. And the right way is determined by the fruit it produces in my life. I know when I bear fruit, I glorify my Father who is in heaven. I'm determining I'm going to bear fruit. And I bear fruit when I first determine to observe the Word of God, to hearken diligently with the intention intention. of understanding what it says, with the intention of doing what it says. I break any agreement agreement that that I have have. that with the lie that says, says, God, God, religion, 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 the the Bible, the laws, the rules are are my enemy. enemy. I have to get beyond beyond the fence in order to receive receive the real life God God has for me. I know know. real life life is inside. Real life life is not just Just. hearing the law, hearing the the truth, It's about understanding it. It's about living it from the inside out. From this moment forward, Holy Spirit, you need to help me. Jesus said when he left this planet that he was going to send me somebody who was going to help me observe. He was going to help me discern what the Bible is talking about as it applies to my life and my circumstance. So Holy Spirit, no doubt you're here. No doubt you live in me. And no doubt from here on, you're going to tell me how to discern. You're going to show me how to understand. You're going to reveal to me the truth inside the words of God. From this moment forward, Holy Spirit, I take off all the boundaries. You can deal with me any way you want to deal with me. You can show me whatever you want to show me because I know the word, the truth, God is good and that he'll lead me to the life i want a life that's meaningful a life that's abundant a life that's healthy a life that's satisfying a life that's blessed in jesus name